0: The best wisdom, enlightenment that I got was from an OT professional who said, oh, the brain doesn't work, move to your heart. It's that kind of wisdom that's held in the hands and the hearts and the minds of OT professionals that the world needs a whole lot more
1: of. AOTA Inspire 2022, scheduled March 31st through April 3rd in San Antonio and virtually online, will feature engaging speakers who are passionate about occupational therapy. This year's keynote speaker is award-winning lecturer, Dr. Bertice Berry. Dr. Berry is a woman of many talents, including a PhD in sociology. She's an award-winning author, entertainer of the year, and even at one point, She was the host and co-executive producer of her own show called The Bertice Berry Show. And if that isn't enough, she's also a comedian. What can't you do, Dr. Berry? Uh, There's so many things (laughs) I can't do anymore. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Before we start talking about your speech and what people can expect I think it's really important for people to understand your background and your story and how you became Dr. Patrice Berry. Well,
0: that is um, interesting and, and not little. Um, I, I was this kid who really loved reading and learning, and no one in my family had been to college. Um, and I don't mean just siblings. I mean, no one, no aunts, uncles, there were there was no one. And it was this, um, thing that I didn't say out loud because it was, I was, I guess the best word that we would know would be superstitious, but I, I, you know, it wasn't superstitious on my part. It was, I didn't want to say it out of fear that someone would, um, try to dissuade me from, you know, pursuit of, of academia And so um, when one of my teachers said out loud, you should go to college, it was like, yes! (laughs) And I would wish on the stars at night that one day I'd be able to go. And so I went to Jacksonville University in um, Florida, and then I did my master's and PhD at Kent State in Ohio, and I finished by the time I was 26, which sounds you know, amazing, but it was a disappointment to me because I had decided that I wanted to be done by 25.
1: And would people that know you best, would they say that you always had this, this fire in you to, um, you know, beat the odds and accomplish your goals?
0: You know, the same people who said you ain't going to be nothing are the ones who said, we always knew you were going to be something. (laughs) It's funny
1: how that works.
0: (laughs) It's so funny how that works. So there were some, there are some people who, I don't think they're amazed by the tenacity because I, I cleaned houses in the morning before school and I cleaned banks in the evening after school. So in my mind, I was just applying the hard work that I did cleaning to something else. (laughs) So, but, but when I was young, just because, you know, my mom was a single mother, seven kids and. We were extremely poor. There wasn't a lot of, oh, you know, (laughs) this is the one. I, I didn't get that. I was kind of a marginal to the success of others. However, there are always people in somebody's life who is that cheerleader. And I had those people who thought more of me than I knew how to think of myself.
1: And so you said you earned your PhD in sociology by the age of 26, which is incredible. Why did you choose to study sociology? That's an interesting
0: uh, journey as well. I wanted to be a chemical engineer. And I'd gotten, you know, there was these summer jobs that you could take, you know, to see the occupation you wanted to be in. and, And I had used my cleaning money to get this really nice linen, handkerchief linen blouse. And I had ironed my skirt so nicely and I had spent the night braiding my hair. You know, every part was perfect. Every cornrow was perfect. Everything was perfect. Then I show up for the job and the woman who was the, what they called secretaries back then to the, the engineer said that my hair wasn't professional and that my blouse needed to be ironed. And, you know, I couldn't say to her, look, you got on an ugly head wrap and this is, (laughs) this is linen, you know? So I just, I left, just really dejected. I went back to the office that placed people on these jobs. And they said the only job left is a file clerk at the food stamp office. It was like, who thought somebody wanted to be a file clerk at a food stamp (laughs) office? And so I walked And I walked in and the the manager, first thing she said was how amazing my hair was and how beautiful my blouse was. And she took me around showing me off to everybody. And, you know, she put me to work immediately and I was supposed to file these applications that were approved or not approved. And, you know, if you've been cleaning houses and banks, filing is not that hard. So... (laughs) Um, I would be done pretty quickly. And then I started reading files, which I knew I wasn't supposed to do (laughs) some kind of hiding in the file room reading. And I would see patterns of, you know, well, this should have been approved and this shouldn't have been approved. And I, you know, I kind of make little notes about it. And it was just for me. And I thought maybe one day I would get up the nerve to say something, but the manager caught me reading these files And she asked what I was doing, and I told her what I was doing, and she said, wow, well, we're going to put you in charge of checking over the applications. You know, she said, I'm a social worker,
1: but you're a sociologist. It was the first time I'd heard the word. That's an amazing, amazing story. And for our listeners that may be wondering, if she is an expert in sociology, why is she the keynote speaker at a National Occupational Therapy Conference? Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about your speech, which is titled Live, Laugh, and Love?
0: Yeah, it is, it is about all of that. But I think um, to the first question, why would I be there? Um, I have learned a lot about what it takes to inspire people and what it is that they do. And I think somebody probably recognized that. But the other piece that I really want to inspire, um, not just to the individuals there, but to the organization is, you know, you all are clear about what occupational therapy is. And I don't think most of us are even clear on what an occupation is. When people say occupation, we immediately think the thing that pays you money. And you all know it's the thing, you know, that we are in pursuit of that gives us life. And that's the spiritual side of this that I think sometimes people get caught up in the day in, day out. This is what I do. This is how I do it. And, you know, like, no, there's so much that's involved with watching how people live and who they are, because there's not a business that should not have OT professionals right there, right at the office. I suffered a really bad head injury. The best wisdom, enlightenment, message, anything that I got during that time of trying to heal was from an OT professional who said, oh, the brain doesn't work, move to your heart. (laughs) You know? Wow. And if I had had that information in my 20s, I'd be president of the world by now. <laughs> so, but it's that kind of wisdom that's held in the hands and the hearts and the minds of OT professionals that the world needs a whole lot more of.
1: Absolutely. And you believe that every one of us has been given a unique purpose mm-hmm. and it's our obligation to find it and use it. Mm-hmm. For those OT practitioners and OT students who maybe have not found their unique purpose, how do you recommend they find it? Talk to one another,
0: um, because every it's it's within all of us, right? It's around your nature. It was that woman in the food stamp office recognizing in me the little file clerk, the summertime file clerk, <laughs> that there was a sociologist in there, right. It it has to do with your nature. It has to do with what you're already doing. It has to do with the skills and the abilities that you've brought forth. It's not what you do. It's what you're called for, right? And there's a brilliant psychologist by the name of Naim Akbar who says, we must ask ourselves on a daily basis, why me here now? There's an Arabic proverb that says, when a person seeks their purpose, the universe conspires to answer. And I think it's in that same kind of asking the question and letting it happen.
1: And I'm curious to know, out of all of the things that you have accomplished in your life, from being lecturer of the year to hosting and co-executive producing your own show, what has meant the most to you?
0: You know, it all does. I am... I, um... It, it absolutely all does. It's just different forms of doing the same thing, which is to encourage, uplift and inspire and, and provide some tools and ways of seeing it differently to people who who, who need to be who they are. This is, this is why it's such a great fit for me to be there, <laughs> not only to say thank you for the best wisdom that anybody could ever have but also to say, you know, you all are already, you're doing this, um, help wake others up to their occupation, to their calling.
1: Well, I have so enjoyed talking with you today, and I know I'm not the only one that can't wait to hear your speech in San Antonio. Is there anything else that you want
0: to add? I'm so excited I'm making a special dress for the occasion. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, you are making a dress. Yeah, I make. A, this is the other thing.
0: This is the this is the crazy thing. It sounds crazy, but it isn't. <laughs> um, well, I guess it is, which is a good thing. Um, when I was dealing with the head injury, the moving to the heart and the other advice was remain open to what came. And one day something said, make a dress. Wow. And I did. And now I make all of my clothes. I make coats for the homeless.
1: (laughs) You name it, I'm doing it. Wow. That's incredible. Well, we'll all be looking to see what your dress looks like. And I'm sure we're all going to love it.
0: You can't, you won't be able to miss it. It's going to have the logo all over it.
1: (laughs) Well, I can't wait. And we have to be sure to take a picture of it. Absolutely. Thank you again for joining me, Dr. Berry. Thank you, Chelsea. You're amazing. Don't miss out on Dr. Bertice Berry's keynote address at AOTA Inspire 2022 on Thursday, March 31st at 11.15 a.m. Central Time. You can watch her speech live in person in San Antonio or virtually at home live stream. For more information about AOTA Inspire 2022, visit inspire.aota.org. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media and use the hashtag AOTAinspired22 for the latest updates. Thank you, Dr. Bertice Berry, for joining me today. My name is Chelsea Rossborough with AOTA, and I look forward to seeing you at AOTA Inspired.